Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi! Welcome back into uh, Forced to Punt. I almost said Fantasy Football Sunday. Uh, I am Steven Serta. So I am Rusty. I've been, I've been off t- too much lately. Uh, I'm also joined by my guy Dusty Likens. Dusty, what's happening? Not much. I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, thought it was the Fantasy Football Show and then actually used for this podcast probably a different uh, template for a different show. Why? Because that's <laughs> always what seems to happen. That's not true. Pretty accurate. Now, just sometimes I tweet out the wrong links, and that's the one that has just my picture and not both of us, and that's something I got I got to work on in the off season. Yeah, you make the call. Do you think that's something <laughs> that he does purposely, or is it accidental? Because it's happened at least 14 times in the last two seasons it's okay what it is i tweet out Mm -hmm. two links because i always upload our podcast to the force to punt channel as well as the fantasy football sunday channel because we we've got a lot of subscribers on both channels and so we get double points basically for both of those links so i always share them both and some people have been on the fantasy football sunday channel for years and maybe aren't subscribed to the force to punt some people are subscribed to force to pump but maybe not fantasy football sunday so i always upload them both but i always get it turned around depending on if you which link you put first or last is the one that shows up with the picture and i always think that i have it figured out and then it's always the opposite of what i think it is Mm. diabolical is what it sounds like but we have been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, I apologize. We did not get a week 16 podcast up, and I am solely to blame for that. Uh, Dusty was hard at work all throughout the holidays uh, at Six Sense Sports Radio. I was off a lot of that time, and I meant to do a podcast at some point, but I was basically just drunk the whole time and didn't feel like working. <laughs> 
so we did not do one. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I was, you know, I was still answering all your fantasy football questions. I, I was still uh, obviously tweeting a ton. I was still trying to help you out. I know Dusty's always trying to help you guys out on Twitter. Uh, so I think we had a really good season. I've had a lot of people this year, you know, tell me they made it to their championship games because of us or say they won their leagues because of us. And it was a tough year to navigate. And I will say, I think I am proudest this year out of any fantasy season that I have ever done. And it's because it was a really hard season to navigate. Like the fact that I made the playoffs in one of these leagues where I lost two top five players is ridiculous. And that's because I, I really gave in this year to just, I'm playing matchups. Uh, players are sitting out because of COVID. There was a ton of injuries. Like, it was a really hard year to navigate. So the fact that we were able to help a lot of you guys get into your fantasy playoffs, make it to your championship games, win some leagues, uh, I think that's I think that's awesome, and, and I'm really proud of everything that we were able to do for you guys this season. I think what's also crazy, too, is if you think about it, we practice what we preach because, Steve, you make the playoffs, I made the playoffs, I drafted Christian McCaffrey in one of my leagues, lost in the entire year, at one point was telling people to trade him, even if you were in a dynasty league. Um, and yet here we were both in our leagues. Like I made it to the championship in one of my leagues because literally I do exactly what I'm saying. So I do appreciate everybody that has reached out. For those of you that have reached out to me or to Steven Stura, you know, that's what we do it for because nothing gives me more gratitude than someone coming up to me and saying, Hey, you know, we listened to, you guys the other day and I made the playoffs or I, you know, I beat this guy. It was a tough matchup because this guy was available as a free agent. So yeah, if you did it this year and you could make it to a deep run in the playoffs this year, it's a cakewalk moving forward. You'd think, uh, inevitably in fantasy football, because this was by far the toughest year to navigate through everything when it came to, I forget which week it was week two or three where this devastating injury, uh, happened on that Sunday uh, afternoon in the NFL. But, Best of luck moving forward, and and you know we hope to keep doing this for you and for us because it's uh, it's been pretty successful for for myself and for you. I'm pretty sure, sir. Yeah, we lost uh, week week two of the NFL season was the running back apocalypse, yeah. where it just seemed like everybody starting running back was getting injured. That was where we lost Saquon Barkley for the year, and basically lost Christian McCaffrey for the year. He only wound up playing one game the rest of the season after week two. It was against the Chiefs, and he we saw what he would have looked like in that Matt Rule, Joe Brady offense. And now Joe Brady's getting uh, interviews to become a head coach, and he's probably going to be out in Carolina, which sucks because Joe Brady's an incredible <laughs> offensive coordinator, and we're just never going to get to see what a full season of Christian McCaffrey would have looked like in that offense. I was hoping, I was hoping Joe Brady flew under the radar enough to last another year in Carolina. But he's getting head coaching interviews. He's going to get one of these available jobs. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the part of the of the business there, Serta. You know, you, you're successful at an understudy. You're going to get a you're going to get a big shot somewhere else. So on today's show, uh, I just kind of want to recap the season, uh, take a look at some of the surprises, some of the uh, some of the guys that wound up being league winners for you and some of the younger players that we can kind of project out to next season 
who are going to wind up being key contributors for your fantasy season. Uh, you know, during the off season, uh, and we we might get me and Dusty will talk about it. We might try to get you guys some some DFS stuff. Uh, I'm focusing right now throughout the postseason on on all the daily lineups that I daily lineups and content that I can get to you guys because that's all we got left till till next football season. And uh, I, I I'm excited about the postseason. We're doing a lot of things here at Six Ten Sports Radio Radio. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Six Ten Sports KC. Uh, but I want to take a look at the quarterbacks to start things off. Josh Allen is your 2020 number one fantasy scoring quarterback. I don't, I don't think that's a shock. I, I mean, I would have projected Josh Allen as a top three fantasy quarterback to start the season. Kyler Murray's number two, Aaron Rodgers, number three, Patrick Mahomes, number four. Now Mahomes didn't play week 17, obviously. So that probably has something to do with him falling to number four because he was top two for a lot of the season. Uh, Deshaun Watson coming in at five, which is incredible considering everything that he dealt with this year. And Russell Wilson, after being on pace to like shatter the NFL touchdown record early in the season, just nosedived the last seven weeks of the season. He fell all the way to quarterback six. Yeah, I mean, doesn't Russ seem to do this every year? Start off really hot, hit a cold streak kind of have one or two games maybe after that, and then that's Russell Wilson. I mean, I feel like I feel like the biggest surprise, obviously, this year is, is Herbert because now Herbert goes into that collection of what is so different about fantasy football and quarterback value because how you and I were kind of low-key sneaky on Cam Newton this year, looked like it was going to pay off, then doesn't, but... Here's Justin Herbert. Here's something you have to remember with, with one of the talking points I have with him is next year's the sophomore season. Videotape is out. Everyone knows who he is. He's played basically an entire season ever since he came into that Chiefs game after, uh, what is it, Tyrod Taylor got uh, punctured in the lung. But the thing is, is don't take a guy that has such a successful year at quarterback too high because of what they did in a rookie season. And then also, I'm really excited next year, if and when he plays, to see Joe Burrow come back. Yeah, well, and I, I'm always the wait-on quarterback guy. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, who finishes your number 10 quarterback, Justin Herbert was number 9. And Justin Herbert was not a guy that was getting drafted because Tyrod Taylor was the starter. And so Justin Herbert's a guy that a lot of you added on your waiver wire. He Justin Herbert wound up being a, a kind of le- potential league-winning quarterback. Like if you're a guy that drafted uh, Matthew Stafford or or Matt Ryan or, or Ben Roethlisberger to to be or or Cam Newton, you had faith that Cam Newton was going to turn things around in New England. Cam Newton only threw eight touchdown passes this season, had ten interceptions. Um, it's just unbelievable for a starting quarterback to only throw eight touchdown passes in a season, but uh, he still he still finished as the number sixteen quarterback because of his rushing ability. Uh, but Justin Herbert's the type of guy that he's going to go higher next year, and obviously he's going to get drafted everywhere, and, and I think he should. I don't think people are going to be as bullish on him as you know, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson was this year. Lamar's obviously going to fall a little bit because he, he did struggle at times this year. He he's t- he turned it on at the end of the season, so if you had him in the playoffs, 
uh, it, it probably still worked out for you. But uh, Kyler Murray's a guy that was drafted really high. Dak Prescott obviously was drafted really high. And you know, I, I'm bummed about the Dak Prescott injury because if he doesn't get hurt, I, the Cowboys probably win that division. They're probably still not a great team, but he would have been a top five quarterback. Like Dak Prescott was on pace to be the number one fantasy scoring quarterback before he got injured. He was throwing for 400 yards a game and multiple touchdowns every single week early in the season before he got injured. So like Dak Prescott's a, a guy that people are probably going to be down on next season coming off of that serious injury. And he's a guy that you're going to get late. And I'd be happy with Dak Prescott as my starting quarterback because the Cowboys are still going to have all those wide receivers. They're still going to have all those weapons. Um, so so I'm not saying Justin Herbert's not a guy that I would go out and draft uh, you know, in the top five rounds or something like that. But he's a guy that I would draft as my starter and feel confident about it. The same way uh, I, I drafted Patrick Mahomes his first year as a starter and was confident about it. And, and it paid off with the fantasy title that year. Deshaun Watson's a guy that I, I got to see what the Texans do. He's unbelievable. So he's obviously a fantasy starting quarterback that you're going to take with confidence. I just, I, I got to see what the Texans do. I got to see who they bring in as a coach. I got I got to see what happens there. And Justin Herbert's going to have a new coach too. Ideally, it'll be a, an offensive-minded coach, but the, I mean, the Chargers are interviewing Jason Garrett right now, so... I'm not. I'm not going to feel very strong about Justin Herbert if the Chargers wind up uh, bringing on Jason Garrett as their head coach. But hopefully, they're smart enough to bring in a, a young, offensive-minded coach because that's what Justin Herbert needs. Um, I'm not going to take any quarterback highly. Like Aaron Rodgers, the guy that fell this year and went super late in drafts because everybody's oh he's old. He's not. He's not gonna. He's not the same type of player anymore. But then he. You know, he's having an MVP season. Kyler Murray was a guy that everybody was really high on. He was going as the number three quarterback virtually everywhere, uh, but behind Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And he finishes as your quarterback, too. But Kyler Murray felt like he left a lot on the table this year because he did not develop as a passer exactly the way we were all hoping that he was going to. Now, his rushing ability is what saved his fantasy season. But I think as we saw with Lamar Jackson, I... That rushing floor is always going to provide fantasy value. It's the same thing with Josh Allen. It's always going to give. It's always going to make him be a, a guy that you want to draft as your starting fantasy quarterback. But I'm a little worried about Kyler Murray moving forward as like a legitimate quarterback. One, I'm taking him. He's my for sure starter, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, I think the other thing that affected Kyler Murray's season was the shoulder injury that he suffered on Thursday night football against Seattle. Ever since he had that injury in the game where it looked like something happened to his shoulder, then he went on the, um, not the injured list, but he would be on the on the injured practice report uh, with that shoulder injury. But I don't know. Like, I don't fully agree, but I also don't fully disagree with your, with your take on Kyler Murray. I just think that Kyler Murray is one of those guys that fits the mold of, how big you want to boom or bust on guys because he's a guy that can go out there and get you 30 to 35, 40 points in a game, but he's also a guy that there's going to be a couple of weeks within the season where they're at, I don't know, where they're going to be low point games for a quarterback that hopefully in that week, you know, it doesn't affect you, but there will be those weeks where Kyler Murray puts up 11, 12, 13 points 
because he turns it over a couple times or he doesn't get the passing yards that he needs. But look, the other thing that makes me so attracted to Kyle, Kyler Murray is the legs, the athleticism, and the fact that he has the best receiver in football on the outside and that they have a great chemistry building that was, you know, I don't know, immaculate this year. They had a good, they had a good connection this year. They had a lot of receiving yards, a lot of catches, uh, within that offense. And you know that their head coach is going to continue to try to develop that relationship. So Kyler is a, he's a gambler's, uh, love and a gambler's nightmare. Just depends on how much you want to gamble when it comes to fantasy football because he's a guy that I'm not going to take as a QB3 next year. I wouldn't even consider that, but he's a guy that, you know, if I'm floating around fifth, sixth round and there's Kyler Murray sitting there, I'm probably going to take a, probably going to take a flyer on Kyler Murray that high, whereas you could probably find somebody later in drafts. And then kind of to go back on your Dak Prescott take, I love Dak because Dak is going to be consistent moving forward. And the reason I say that is that defense isn't going to get good anytime soon. That offense is going to stay high octane offense. And he's that type of quarterback. Like he's going to sling it. He's going to throw the ball. He should be back next year. Also very high on Dak Prescott this year is what I thought he could do. And he was giving us that expectation. He was giving us that, that plateau of, Okay, this could be every week could be at least two, three touchdowns, 350 yards every single week moving forward and could have had one of those 5,000 yard passing seasons, 35 to 40 touchdowns really highlighted this year with Dak Prescott. Unfortunately, the injury uh, put that away. But for Dak's future, shouldn't go anywhere because that defense is still going to be atrocious next year and that offense is still going to have the same weapons on it. So Dak still could be. Um, a high play next year. So if a lot of people in your league stay away from injury, that's a sweet little pickup towards the bottom of the draft. To illustrate how bad the running back position was this year, mm. and, 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 you know, obviously there's there's going to be a drop-off when we look at the elite caliber running backs when you had uh, Saquon Barkley, who a lot of people were projecting as the one or two running back in football. Christian McCaffrey projected as the number one running back in football. And we basically had a lost season from both of those guys. Then you have Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, who were the three elite running backs this season. And Derrick Henry, obviously, Derrick Henry is the most talented, just pure rushing running back since Adrian Peterson. Like, he he's just absolutely unbelievable. Like, he went over 2,000 yards, and it was the quietest 2,000 yards you've ever seen. Because no one thought he was going over 2,000 yards because he needed 223 yards in week 17 to do it. And he just had like 250 yards. Like it's it's unbelievable what Derrick Henry's done the last two seasons. And Alvin Kamara, fantastic this season, even after missing a couple of games. Dalvin Cook missed a couple of games. Still obviously fantastic. Those guys are going to be high-end running backs. Now, Derrick Henry, I'm not so worried about Derrick Henry. Like I, I feel like the narrative uh, going into next year's draft is going to be, can Derrick Henry really just keep this up? You know, he's not involved in the passing game. We want running backs that, that catch passes because most of us play in PPR leagues now. And so we need guys that are going to, that are going to catch passes and provide that floor for us every week. Alvin Kamara is going to do that. Dalvin Cook's going to do that. We don't know if Derrick Henry is going to be able to do that, but all Derrick Henry does is just continue to be dominant. And 
he hasn't suffered serious injuries so far in his career, and I hope that he that he never does because he's a joy to watch play football. He's still a guy that's going to be this should be a top five pick next season in my mind. Alvin Kamara, who was falling in a lot of drafts this season because of a down year last year dealing with a lot of injuries, which I thought was stupid. Um, it was incredible for your team. I I, I carried Alvin, Alvin Kamara carried me to a fantasy title in one of my leagues. Uh, Dalvin Cook, absolutely fantastic. Dalvin Cook is the one out of this group that really worries me because he's battled injuries and even this year got banged up and missed a game. Um, I, I'm always going to question his durability because he is kind of a smaller guy, and so I'm always going to be worried about him. But I certainly wouldn't be upset if Dalvin Cook's my number one running back. Um, but to illustrate the drop-off between those three and everybody else, Jonathan Taylor wound up as your number four fantasy running back. Now, he was about 70 total points behind Dalvin Cook, who was number three, and that that's that's where that huge drop-off comes because after that, it was just kind of everybody else was in the same group. And there's a lot of things that were going to affect that. Now, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a high-end draft pick next season, as you expect him to be the clear-cut number one, one running back for the Colts and that great offensive line. Aaron Jones was the number five running back, and he finished with five less points, total points, than Jonathan Taylor. And Aaron Jones, at one point in the season, Looked like he was going to do what he did in the previous year, and then he kind of he suffered a calf injury midseason and kind of fell off. And the, and the Packers started using multiple running backs instead of just using Aaron Jones, and it felt like they were kind of resting him up for the playoff run. Aaron Jones is set to hit free agency. I don't think he's going to be a Packer. They drafted AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon had the huge Week Seventeen. I think Aaron Jones is going to be on another team next year, so it's kind of hard to project where we're going to have Aaron Jones at the moment. Then you had David Montgomery had an incredible fantasy playoff run. If you had David Montgomery in your fantasy playoffs, he probably got you to the title game. I I got eliminated in one playoff playoff matchup because of David Montgomery. Uh, James Robinson, fantastic rookie season for an undrafted rookie running back, did not play the last two games, fell all the way to seven, but he was one of the most consistent running backs in football this year at at a point. Now, he's not as explosive as the top three guys, but he was – what you need, a rock-solid running back, too. And then Nick Chubb, who missed time. Nick Chubb was still fantastic. Nick Chubb should still be, in my mind, a first-round pick next year, even with Kareem Hunt. We saw that there's enough work in that Cleveland backfield for both of those guys. Um, the the surprising one, I'm curious what, how you feel about it, uh, Dusty, is Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Zeke's got to fall drastically next season. Like, there's no way... He is a first-round pick in your fantasy drafts. And I'm kind of starting to feel about him like I felt about Todd Gurley this year, where everybody was like, oh, Todd Gurley, but he's going to be a number one running back in Atlanta's offense. And I was like, I don't know if Todd Gurley has it anymore. And it's pretty clear Todd Gurley doesn't have it anymore. I don't know if Zeke's got it anymore. And the thing that's ridiculous about both of those players, they're both in their mid-20s still. Like It's not like these guys are, are 30 years old. Like, Todd Gurley's 27, Zeke's 26. Like, they should still have several years of productive play in them. Yeah, but I think you have to look at their workload early in their career. Like, the reason that we talk about Zeke and Gurley is because when they were early in their career, they were getting that volume, and they were getting the traditional... Yes, they caught passes, and they came out of the backfield and would would become a receiving running back at times. 
But a lot of times when they would get the ball, their main action was they were getting it between the tackles, busting through, and getting those runs inside the fives, breaking those 20 to 25-yard runs consistently. I think we kind of nailed it at the beginning of the year. At least I know that my theory on Zeke was this was the year that he would prove to everyone that he wasn't Zeke anymore, and that if you're going to take Zeke Elliott in the first round, you're risking a lot. Because when it comes to fantasy football, if you do play in a full-point PPR and you miss on a running back, then you better have hit on all of your receivers. If you're in a full, if you're in a, you know, half point PPR or no point PPR league still, you definitely have to hit on your running backs. And Zeke is a guy that today and in the next year, you have to look at it as a guy who, when you think of what his production can be, is it consistently going to be enough week in and week out to where you're comfortable that he's there? And that answer is no. I think what you're seeing in this league moving forward is kind of like the development of the slot receiver in foot and as in the wide receiver position. Now, granted, there's still some guys on the outside edge that can just absolutely dominate when it comes to receivers, and we'll get to that in a little bit, like Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, and and DK Metcalf. Those guys are still there, like the TO type of receiver, but the running back now is becoming more of that Alvin Kamara, like one that can still run but also can do the 50-50. Like, there's some guys that are just, like, I would say Kareem Hunt is one of those guys that gotten a bigger role in Cleveland could really escalate at that position. But Zeke is a guy in which is more favorite to run the ball, which means he's going to wear down quicker. And that's why I think we're seeing his career has finally hit its peak. And I'm, you know, to be honest with you, like, I want nothing to do with Zeke Elliott, and I haven't wanted anything to do with him for the last couple of years because I think he was just, use so much and again here's the other thing to give it some sort of ray of hope if you are a big Zeke guy moving forward next year he plays so much better with Dak Prescott Dak Prescott wasn't there all year that offense was kind of depleted when Dak broke his ankle so put that into factor next year if everybody else misses on Zeke he's at the end of the second round you kind of think maybe him and Dak can get back on the same page then there's something to talk about just to give it some sort of light but again, me personally, if I can give you any advice, just steer clear. Yeah, and I mean, it's unbelievable that he finishes the RB11. Like that, that, that just shows how poor the running back position was overall this year. But I, I, I think that, you know, Saquon Barkley, when he comes back next year, Christian McCaffrey, I think I'd still take Christian McCaffrey number one overall in my fantasy drafts. If I did a fantasy draft tomorrow, I think I'd still take Christian McCaffrey. I'd be a little weary of Saquon Barkley just because, you know, significant injury. He should be good to go by the beginning of next season, but it's now it's okay. Now we're headed into year four and you haven't been productive since your rookie season. Like, like, like that's not, that's not a guy I can comfortably take in the top five over Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, or Derrick Henry anymore, which you know, may, I, it, Saquon Barkley obviously has the upside to be the number one running back in fantasy football, um, but I, I, I got to see it personally before I feel comfortable with it. I think he's an incredibly talented player, and I hope we get to see him do that at some point. But it, it's been two seasons now where he has hurt your fantasy team much more than he's helped your fantasy team. Yeah, with Saquon, I don't know. With Saquon, I, I think it's... It's interesting because there is still a room, uh, for me at least, where he could take off. And he just, 
seems like maybe he could fit that story where it's all of a sudden two years in a row, you know, no football, and now all of a sudden breakout year. Like, I still would pick that high on Saquon. Like, if I had the top four, like, for me personally next year, if I had the first overall pick, I would take Alvin Kamara. But if I had pick six or seven, and there's a top candidate receiver and Saquon Barkley, I might still take a late a late flyer on Saquon if he's at like seven or eight, nine, instead of taking a guy like A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf, because I think if Saquon could play, you'd think that, you know, if the boom and bust is there again, if it's the third straight year where he gets hurt, then it's an anomaly. You can't get too mad at yourself. Or you can be, just be like, I could have avoided all of this because it always happens. But if it isn't an injury and the type of athlete that he is, I mean, that's a that's a high successful pick if that could happen. But again, it's a lot of if because, like you said, you've been burned the last two years in a row. Yeah, I mean, if he's there at number 10, I, I, I'm probably taking him. I, I, I just... I'm questioning whether I whether or not I would take him at number five if he is there at number five at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, some young running backs that uh, are obviously risers. Um, I'm curious how you feel about this. Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, like, where do you see those guys going next year, and who are you taking first out of those three running backs? I think I would still take Clyde first overall just because of the potential that the Chiefs offense, and, and I did a topic on this the other day, is if the Chiefs offense has plateaued and it has gotten to its pivotal spot, then there's so much more action still available for Clyde edwards Lair. If it hasn't reached its maximum effort, then holy smokes, that's just absolutely insane that there's still more to come because they have a 25-year-old quarterback, a 27-year-old receiver, and they have a 23-year-old running back. So, still Clyde. J.K., I would have liked to see a little bit more of a less sporadic, he's our future of the running back, we're going to give him the ball 13, 15 times this game. Um, and then other games where he'd get seven carries, Gus Edwards would get seven carries, and Mark Ingram would get seven carries. Like, I still don't have full trust that Baltimore thinks J.K. Dobbins is the uh, future of their of their franchise, which to me is the kind of one of the biggest stories of this year that probably goes untalked about is the fact that J.K. Dobbins had so much potential, and when he did get the volume, he did produce. He was just blockaded by Gus Edwards every single week, and it was so frustrating. And for me, Serta, that's something that is just one of the most infuriating things about fantasy football is that everyone knows this guy is the, is, is the way to go. And when he produces that way, it's something in which you would like to see a team use him in that way. Whereas you looked at Indianapolis this year, the first six, seven weeks, eight weeks, they didn't know who it was when it came to the backfield. And then Jonathan Taylor got more volume as the season went on, just like you normally see rookie running backs do and kind of ran away with it. And if you had Jonathan Taylor on your team towards the end of the season, you made some pretty big moves because Jonathan Taylor, once week 12 hit, he really started moving forward as a top running back in fantasy football, and especially as a rookie. Clyde, obviously the injury sucks, but had a pretty big productive year. And then you look at J.K. Dobbins and uh, the cat out of Washington, 
and you just maybe need to see a little bit more. But again, if we're looking at it next year, I'm taking Clyde overall out of those running backs, number one, just because of the potential in that offense coming off of an injury and one more year underneath Andy Reid's offense where we say it so much it makes us puke. He uses screens, misdirections, and running backs better than anybody else in the NFL. Yeah, but see, so the reason I'm not going to be drafting Clyde number one out of those three backs, and I'm going to take Dobbins personally, but the reason I wouldn't take Clyde there is because I I, I disagree. Like I I think that he is going to be more involved in the offense next season. I, I do think that... Part of it is they kind of brought him along slow. The Chiefs haven't used their running backs in the passing game this year, and maybe we'll see some of that in the playoffs. Maybe that's just, you know, Clyde was figuring it out still. They don't trust Le'Veon Bell, and Andy runs such a complex screen game that they were like, oh, we can bring him along slow. We don't really need him because Pat's so good at making plays downfield. And so we didn't see that this year, and I have faith that he is going to be more involved in that next season but i think what we've seen from the chiefs here is is a trend it's that they're so much better than everybody else in the nfl right now they're not always trying to put up 45 points a game anymore like they're they're fine okay we're gonna get up early in, in in the first half and you know we'll keep trying to score points but yeah, you know, once we get up big, we're going to kind of take our foot off the gas and and make sure we keep these guys healthy because it's all about Super Bowls for us. It's not about the regular season as long as we're winning games. We don't care how we win the games, and that worries me. And, and J.K. Dobbins, I've seen enough from him over the last month to know that dude can be a flat-out star, and he's the Mark Ingram is not going to be a Raven next year, so you know you don't have to worry about Mark Ingram. And since they decided, oh, we're just going to benchmark Ingram because he is not good anymore, he is not helping our team anymore, since they've done that, J.K. Dobbins has produced each and every week, even with Gus Edwards still involved. Now, Gus Edwards will be there next year. It might be a kind of Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. So I still think J.K. Dobbins can be drafted as your number one running back, especially if you're drafting like late in the first round. But, you know, if you can get, uh, you know, if you can get Saquon mid to late first round and Dobbins is your number two running back, I'd be thrilled with that in, ne- in next year's draft. And Antonio Gibson I, is, is a really good player. Uh, I think he's got a, a really intriguing future and he's shown that he can be a really productive player. He's going to be the clear number one running back in that offense next season. Um I just have questions about the offense overall. Like, I have much more faith in the Chiefs' offense and the Ravens' offense being consistent than I do Washington's offense. So, I've got faith in Dobbins. I I would take Dobbins as my RB1 on my roster. If I can get him as an RB2, I'd be absolutely thrilled about it. Yeah, I mean, and also we got to look and see what kind of rookies come out next year, too, because... Dobbins and Taylor were guys that we were high on. And then, yeah, I think I'd be okay with Dobbins as my number one running back just because I think that offense will get uh, more gelled, I think, after this year. And it did start to become the fast-paced Ravens type of offense once they got J.K. Dobbins more involved. And moving on to the wide receivers, Devontae Adams finishes as your number one fantasy wide receiver. Tyreek Hill right behind him. Uh these dudes scored a lot more points than any other wide receivers. And 
not it, the the gap isn't as wide as the you know top three running backs, but it's still a pretty hefty margin, and it's just because of the touchdowns. Like they they just scored way more touchdowns than everybody else. Stephon Diggs wound up as your number three wide receiver, um, and, and he's been fantastic all season. He just didn't have the touchdown total that Tyree Killer Devontae Adams had. Um, I'm not sure that Tyreek Hill is going to be drafted as the second wide receiver off the board next year. Devontae Adams definitely will be. Uh, Michael Thomas is still going to wind up going pretty high, I would imagine. Uh, d- just come despite the uh, you know injury plague season, COVID season, and suspension. Like Michael Thomas just had kind of a weird year, uh, but I think he's still going to go high off the board, depending on what the Saints' quarterback situation is. Drew Brees likely to retire. Uh, Stefan Diggs, stud. As long as Josh Allen keeps playing this way, I, Stephon Diggs is a uh, is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. And Calvin Ridley finished as number four. I, I'm interested to see what happens in Atlanta this this offseason with you know who becomes their new head coach. Julio Jones is still under contract. There's rumors that they're going to try to trade him. I don't believe that they're going to trade him, uh, but he is a really expensive wide receiver, and you're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley. So. It kind of depends. It's hard to project where those guys are going to go. Obviously, Julio was had tons of injuries this year, but when Julio played, even at 31 years old, he was still fantastic this season. It, it, he just was never healthy. Um, but the, the, the guys that I'm really interested in, Dusty, uh, number five, DK Metcalf, number six, Justin Jefferson, and number nine, A.J. Brown. Um, Justin Jefferson is a guy that... You know, I remember all the way back to A.J. Green's rookie season. I remember the following year, I took A.J. Green in the third round as my number one wide receiver, and everybody thought I was crazy because it was just year number two for A.J. Green. A.J. Green had an incredible year that year, and he was a, he was a wide receiver one. I, I, I think Justin Jefferson is that guy next season. He's that guy that you're going to be able to get in the third round of your draft, fourth round of your draft who's going to be a, a bona fide number one wide receiver for your fantasy team. You think he makes it to the third and fourth round in most drafts? Yes. Wow. Because people are going to take people are going to take DK early second, AJ Brown's going to be late first, early second. Uh Allen Robinson's a guy that might go ahead of him like DeAndre Hopkins is still going to go ahead of him. I it's he's going to be that guy who because he's young uh, pe- people are going to let him slide a little bit. I think you, you'll probably be able to get Justin Jefferson at least early third round, if not later. And what was his teammate in LSU that sat out last year? Jamar Chase. Yeah, he's a – oh, gosh. So you can get Jefferson in the fourth, Jamar Chase in like the sixth. And Jamar Chase will probably be a top five pick, so depending on where he goes. Yeah. Yes, Jamar Chase is a, a very, very talented wide receiver. He had a better year. At LSU, than Justin Jefferson did the national championship right. year. Jamar Chase was unbelievable. Where do you think De- uh, Deontay Smith goes? Like, is he? He's a top five pick. Is he a top? Top? Is he a round three guy? Even as a rookie, Devontae Smith. Um, yeah. I mean, he's projected right now. He's projected like a top fifteen pick in the NFL draft, and, and part of that is because he's a little smaller, but he's he's he's, a, he, he, he's, he's an incredible talent. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know how to project where he would go in fantasy drafts just yet. Cause right. it all, it all kind of depends on where he gets drafted and who he goes to. But, uh, if he winds up being, uh, 
you know, outside of the top 15 for whatever reason, just because NFL teams are worried he's a little uh, slimmer wide receiver, uh, he could actually wind up in a really, really good spot. So, yeah, but, I I mean, no rookie is going to go top five rounds at wide receiver. Wide receiver's too deep. No rookie should go top five rounds at wide receiver. I mean, I think that out of the names that you listed, to go back to your original question, I think A.J. Brown... I mean, he just screams T.O. to me. Like, he just screams Terrell Owens. And if you need to go back and look at what Terrell Owens did at the same age that A.J. Brown is doing it, A.J. Brown is bigger than you, he's stronger than you, and he's faster than you. And he just seems to me like one of those guys that moving forward in fantasy football, because I I'm not sure what Tennessee's going to do with Corey Davis. You know, he balled out in his contract year, and he's going to want some money. And there's a lot of receivers that are are moving parts. A.J. Brown's not one of them. That offense is clearly developed where they're going to give it to Derrick Henry first and second down, and then on third down, they're going to look for A.J. Brown. And if it's first down, they're probably going to take a shot. And there was enough evidence this year for me that Brown and Tennessee is worth Top four receiver pick for me next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love AJ Brown. Like right. he's and D, DK, DK Metcalf. Like they're gonna go. Those guys are gonna be late first round picks, early second round picks in every right. fantasy draft, and they absolutely should be. And I wouldn't be AJ Brown finishes a wide receiver nine. Uh, he he missed a game or two this year due to to uh, like a knee contusion, but it wasn't anything serious. And you saw when he came back, he is an absolutely dominant fantasy player. And if he didn't miss those two games, uh, he he would have finished as a top five wide receiver in my opinion. And DK started out the season unbelievable, and then he kind of kind of nosedived a little bit in the middle of the season with Russell Wilson's play, kind of going down as well, and the Seahawks just reverting back to their their old rushing style. Um, He's still going to be a guy that you obviously want on your fantasy team. He's still a late first round, early second round pick. Uh, Personally, I think I'd take A.J. Brown over D.K. Metcalf next next season, Uh, but that's just me. I I think you should be absolutely thrilled with either one of them. Um, Before we get out of here, we can run through the tight ends really quick. Tight ends. Pretty easy. Um, every year we try to project, oh, tight end's finally deep this year, and people are finally going to take a take a run, and there's not going to be this huge gap in tight end play. And then Travis Kelsey just outscores everybody every single season because he's unbelievable. Darren Waller was unbelievable. We know George Kittle's unbelievable, but George Kittle just had a, a bad year. Just uh, the, the whole Niners team had a bad year. But I'm telling you, next season – Look out for that Niners offense. That that Niners offense and just their team in general, if everybody stays healthy next year, that Niners team is a Super Bowl contending team again. Uh, what what they had this year with injuries was just unbelievable. It, it's unlike anything I've ever seen from one single football team to go through that many injuries. Um, Robert Tunyon finished as your number three tight end. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, he is going to be a guy that, as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing at this level, he's going to be a guy that's got weekly upside, and he's a guy that you can draft next season. I'd rather have TJ Hawkinson, personally, wound up being a top-five tight end, really showed signs of improvement in year number two. Year number three is generally that year that we see, like, a giant leap for tight ends. So hopefully we see that from TJ Hawkinson. 
Um, I know you love Noah Fant. He finished as the tight end 13, but he was he was really dealing with injuries this season. Uh, str- struggled at points in the year. Drew Locke looked bad at points in the year. I think Noah Fant's set to take a big leap next season, though, because when he did look good, he looked like he could be one of the top tight ends in football, and, and I think that he's just got to stay healthy and stay on the football field. Uh, if he doesn't suffer that ankle injury in the first month of the season, because I think that he was kind of battling that the rest of the year, I, I think we're thinking about Noah Fant in a much different way. Yeah, you talk about that San Francisco, um, that San Francisco thing um, for your offense. Big thing to think about too is they might move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, and that might open up things in San Francisco depending on who they go out and get or what they plan on doing at quarterback. But the thing about Noah Fant and the thing about Drew Locke is next year's the final year. Because that offense took a lot of hits this year. Uh, Drew Locke got hurt as well. Cortland Sutton went down this year, who was a really high receiver on my radar this year. And, yeah, the ankle injury to Fant puts him at tight end 13 in a, in a position where there's a lot of, a lot of miss and not a lot of hit. And Noah Fant is one of those guys that if he can stay healthy, and I'm like you, I think that next year could be one of those years where they, really kind of develop that offense a little bit more with Judy and Sutton and Fant and Drew Locke because they've got to get it right next year. They've got to get these guys on the same page. And if they can stay healthy, which is a huge if in the NFL, but you would think that surely it can't be bad two years in a row. I'm like you. I think Noah Fant still continues to show promise, just kind of like in the same mold as that TJ Hawkinson, even though he had a really good year this year. But in that type of uh of potential moving forward as a, a could be a star tight end, could be a big time tight end. Another tight end that I am going to be in on everywhere. Another third year guy, Irv Smith. Irv Smith is a player, man. And Irv Smith's got a ton of talent. Kyle Rudolph is not going to be a Viking next year. I think Irv Smith has breakout potential. Um, but we do this every year with tight ends and it'll wind up just being uh Kelsey Waller and Kittle probably again next year. But uh, we can only cross our fingers. We can only hope they turn that around. Thank you guys so much for listening all season. Uh, Please download the Radio.com app. Like and subscribe to all of our content on the 435 Podcast Network. Uh, We'll be back soon. We'll uh, start start looking at our off-season drafts, start breaking up some mocks and stuff like that. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Peace out. All right, cool. I'll upload this and tweet it out in a little bit. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.